let's get down to business. Thanks for coming out tonight. I wrote me a manual, a step-by-step booklet for you to get. Oh, I make money moves. You can't see me. My time is now. What up, what up, what up, guys? Welcome back to the Fitness Times Business Podcast, the show created to provide you with the practical and strategic advice to help you level up in fitness, business, your career, your relationships, and your life. My name is Joseph Medsell. I am your host. I'm joined in this episode by Mr. Will Warren Davey. What's happening, Will? Thanks for having me. Mate, welcome to uh, to the show. Welcome to the Fitness Times Business Podcast. Welcome to Massive Joe's headquarters, your first official visit here. It is. It's been Guys, a while. if you are wondering who Will Warren Davey is, he is the owner of Primabolics, which is, uh, well, man, I'll, I'll let you do the full intro, but Primabolics is a sports supplement company. Uh, shameless plug for those of you watching the show as opposed to listening. I've just got a, a tub of Primabolics grinds. <laughs> in the I need to hire this man just, as a just sales rep. <laughs> literally in the front of my, uh, of my microphone here in the, uh, in the exclusive collab flavor, the Massive Joe's uh, Red Frog. This is the Stim Free Pre-Workout. It's a hugely popular product for us, Will. It it's one of many products that uh, that you produce under the Primabolics brand. Uh, listen, man, we have so much to talk about today. Mm. And I know that those of you listening and, and watching to the show are going to be so happy that you tuned into this episode because Will has uh, not just an incredible story about his business journey in uh, in the fitness space because you know you, you, you yeah. didn't you didn't enter with primabolics right you, you've oh, done no. a few things Definitely. you've done a few bits and pieces very to, mixed background very very mixed mate. yeah you've done a few bits and pieces to uh to to get to this point and you know as always when you kind of see um uh, you know a, a successful business it's always the the tip of the iceberg so to speak and you have a lot of glacier underneath the water uh that i want to kind of unpack and then of course you know I, it would be a, a a complete shame to have you on the show and not ask you specifically uh, some supplement questions. So we're going to geek out a little bit towards the end of the show <laughs> and just go part. just go full sup, uh, full deep, take a deep dive into a whole bunch of subs, hormone stuff in particular, uh, for those of you who are, you know, who, who are interested in learning that from Will. So, Will, look, I just want to begin, man. I want you to, you know, formally introduce yourself and give us a little bit of a backstory to Will Warren Davey, a backstory to Primabolics. Let's let's hear your origin story. How you got into the industry, what you've done so far, how you got to where you are now, how you built this company from the ground up to where it is now. Uh, let's unpack that. Sure, sure. Uh, look, I think, um, like you said, tip of the iceberg in a lot of cases. So, uh, my my background is very, very varied. I've had a lot of careers. Um, I've done um, mining, I've done military, I've done hospitality, done I've done a huge breadth, but. The common theme behind it was training. That was always the, the the mainstay. So, I was, I guess, the most significant part of my career path was uh, was half a decade as an environmental scientist in mining. Um, so, I was a geologist and environmental scientist was my background. So, completely unrelated. Went to uni, much like yourself. Did the yeah. did the classic. Um, you know, this is what you do. You go to school. You go to uni. Um, and I was in a mining region. So, geology and and environmental science that that, that you know seemed to make sense. Um, had a crack at that, got my degree, went out into the field and worked in very, very remote um, mine sites and exploration work. So I was, I'd work basically solo. I'd, they'd, I'd go, you know, five, 600 Ks inland, work by myself in just remote paddocks and, and, and you know, back, back of these old mine sites and doing, you know, collecting environmental data basically. Um, 
And the, the the real basis to that, the best part of my day in all those, you know, all those incredibly remote sites and spending, you know, hours and hours driving, driving in, driving out and doing these really pretty harsh environments was always the end of the day going training. That was like mm-hmm. the thing that was always what you'd look forward to. You do your 12 hours on site, yeah. you're busted, you're covered in mud, you're just absolutely wrecked. You get home, you're awesome. I get to go train now. This is, this is, this is brilliant. And I, I was very fortunate in, in that I was introduced to two training by a, a, um, a bodybuilder as well as a mate of mine. And so from the very beginning, it was always like, as soon as you walk in the gym, here's, here's a you know, pre-workout. Yeah. Here's a post-workout afterwards, you know, look at, look at your nutrition, count your macros. Like this was like really, I was so blessed to have that because mm. so many people waste that initial newbie gain period where you can gain so much. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't yeah. come back, man. It doesn't. You get one <laughs> shot. You get one <laughs> shot and you can make tremendous progress out of it. And I got really really hooked on it from from that point on so this this became the overarching theme in the background but never 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 you know a forward presence ever it was always just right in the back of the event at the end of the day this is my hobby i love doing this this is the get i look forward to this at the end of the day yeah i started you know and and i'd, I'd always try and you know uh, base that was a big central theme but you know i, I guess that career wise was very much I, I graduated in a mining region in in downturn mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of booms and busts in mining what what years are we talking about here you mentioned half a Four decade years. when did you get in when did you get out that would have been uh, 13 14 I would have I would have graduated oh that no, was much earlier than that wasn't it god I'm getting old 2012 <laughs> 12 I would have yeah 2012 yeah. now yeah. wow um that hurts to reflect yeah 2012 I would have graduated and I would have, and I did that period um onwards so I actually um, Prime Bollock started with me working um, full time as well for most of the com- the company's genesis. Actually, most of the, most yeah, okay. of most of this actually was uh, until I could build the company to a point where it had enough of product range and enough sales to actually justify me working. You know, working under the brand. Yeah, I had to work. I started to pay myself. I had to pay bills. I had mortgages. I had you know. Mm-hmm. I had I had same as I had to pay my pay everything. So um, I, I, I continued to work that right through and. You know, Primebolic started in 2015. Uh, was was then, so it's just just ticking over the six year mark this year. But and throughout that time, what had happened was basically I had all these booms and busts in mining. So I, I had, mm-hmm. I'd have great periods would be fantastic, and I was always a, a contractor um, in these in these sort of roles. So I'd go out, spend a few months in the middle of nowhere, come back, they put me on another contract, um, and essentially I, that that all with this training as the background. I, unfortunately, though, right towards the end of the contract, um, again, I kept we kept having redundancies as a common thing. Downturn mm-hmm. was really quite big in our region, and I just thought, this is I'm just sick of being a number. I'm sick of just being just rocking up the side and just being you know just punching the clock and just waking up and by the end of it, just hating it. You mm-hmm. know, like you're away from friends and family, you're away, from, you know, you're hundreds of kilometres inland, very regional areas, and you just you know. Like it just got to a point where you're just so expendable and you just yeah. really weren't significant and you weren't working towards anything. What an incredible way though. You know, I can personally resonate because one of the mm-hmm. things that I did when I, uh, I was still studying at the time and I'd, I'd started Massive Joe's and it was, yeah, very similar actually, because I was running Massive Joe's as a side hobby while I was, you know, finishing off engineering and finishing off my law degree. I was still studying at university. But then I started working once I'd graduated from university, uh, from engineering and I graduated from engineering in, uh, I'm going to say, let me have a look over at the <laughs> wall uh, because my degree's sitting up there, 2007. So 2008, 
I uh, I started working for a company called Santos, which is an oil and gas company. Big company. Um, based, yeah, big company mm. based based here in Adelaide. The head office is in Adelaide. They've got an office in Brisbane. But one of their main areas um, is Moomba, out in the field in in you know the yeah. middle of fucking nowhere yep. in South Australia. They do Southeast Queensland and so on and so forth. And so I can resonate with this man because I can tell you from my personal experience. You never work as hard as you work on fucking site for a mining company, right? <laughs> Mate, they like pay I, for you. Like I remember, like when you say twelve-hour days, it's like you you clock on at fucking six a.m. and you work until six p.m. Yep. and you do it for four weeks straight, no days off, seven days a week, you do. and you live in a fucking shit little piece of shit fucking <laughs> shipping <laughs> container. Shipping, yeah. shipping container. Oh, yeah, yeah. Some of the places they yeah. and it's always it's you know it's an hour. The food is horrible. <laughs> And, you know, like, and, and so anyway, to my point, I resonate exactly with where you're coming from. I know that a lot of the listeners, a lot of the viewers, uh, you know, have probably worked in mining as well and probably resonate as well. But my point is what an incredible opportunity early on in your working career to really kind of fortify work ethic. Oh God. Yeah. That, and that, that's a big theme. I was raised from day yeah. one with work ethic as the, the biggest va- value in our family was, was always work ethic. Yeah. You know? And that's why. I joined the army at 17, was mm-hmm. in for four years in the reserves and I, and I did um, a lot more than I, than, you know, like you have a, a minimum requirement um, as part of your enlistment, but I, I always did a lot more courses with a lot more training and, and the same sort of thing that really drilled in um, and reinforced that. And through uni, I had three jobs as well as the as well as being in the army as part-time. Yeah. Um, so between military and mining, well and truly drilled that in that it's, yeah. you know, you turn up and you get it done and that's the only way anything happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, but, but they're very fair. The sweat equity in mining and in, and, and in military, because if you rock up and put in, yeah, it, it shows, right? But what, what I what I found unfortunately is that being this contractor role and, and drive in drive out stuff, mm. you didn't get that. That didn't resonate. You didn't really see a return on your effort. You, you know, which is something that really um it became harder and harder to back up over the years. Yeah. You know, so when I got made redundant for the last time. I mean, look, this is just getting stupid. This is, this mm. is, you know, this is hard. I, I'm getting, I'm getting nowhere in this career. That it seems like the industry is going up and down, and you know, it's, it's not a very certain future. And I went, well, what's something I actually like doing? Because I'm really sick of waking up and dreading my alarm mm-hmm. at 3 a.m., driving out of sight, 12 hours on, like they're 14 hour days every day. Yeah. I'm like, this, this just can't be sustainable. No one, I can't wake up and hate, you know, hate that alarm every morning. Like mm-hmm. it's just, it doesn't matter how much money it is, I don't care, you know. So I. I uh, basically, once I got made around the last one, I went, okay, let's let's reassess. Let's pull back to baseline and go. We've done, yeah, you know, I've done three, four different careers. I've had a good stint in all of them. Uh, I have, you know, it's time to find something I can actually do for a period and actually really enjoy. Because that was the theme, yeah. You know, like military, it has it has its fun parts to it as well. I was in infantry, and there was look, there was definitely some you know great camaraderie to it, and you know, you build mates that I still talk to now years on. But again, there's a lot of hardship in it. Yeah. Um, you know, anyone who's been in for a long time. You just get sick of being yelled at, mm. which which followed through as a mining theme. So when I got made redundant, I went, okay, let's re- let's take stock of life and actually go. All right, what are you going to enjoy doing? What actually makes you happy in your day? And mm. it was training. It was gym. Now going back to the friend who had introduced me to bodybuilding, um, supplements was always a thing. Now what I what I always found amazing about them was it was such a felt effect. If anyone's ever had their recalls their first pre workout experience, like you go back the first time you have a pre workout, just such it, it just that. That's something that gets burned into you, like that 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 the euphoric mood, the like. Yeah. That isn't something that you you come across prior. Let me, to that. Let me ask you a question. I know I, I know the the true supplement users would be able to answer <laughs> this question without even thinking. 
your first ever pre-workout. Oh, it's jacked. Jacked yeah, yeah, straight yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> straight up. Without even Mine was BSN NO Explode. Oh, NO Explode. I used that, yeah. that after, funny enough. NO Explode was, yeah. I, I found that later. And the old, yeah. um, it with the grape flavor with the, the huge amounts of bicarb. So it's yeah. nice and fizzy. Fizzy. Uh, yeah, that yeah. was, that was the bomb. Popped the top of your shaker straight off. <laughs> it Shit went all over the ceiling. <laughs> that was, good times. That was good though. They, they, were, they were clearly there. That was one of the, that was, because we saw supplements really transition from there where it was those big mega dose serves. That was like a, probably yeah. a 15 gram serving size back then in the little red bucket yep. tub. To the that, micros with Jack 3D and oh, 1MR. And, then back to the full guys now yeah, to come full circle yeah, and it's very yeah. cyclical, right? But, yeah. but that nostalgic period with the um, with the micro dose ultra stim DMAA mm. days, yeah. that, was, that was something that really put an impression in. But I've always been a bit of a geek with this sort of stuff and I always wanted to know like, but what I try, you know, say you Jack 3D, for example, then you try Mesomorph the next week, or then you try different ones, or yeah. and I started experimenting, going, this feels significantly different to this one. What's the difference? Why does what, what's happening here? Mm. What what's going on? And it got me down the rabbit hole of reading more and more into what certain amino acids are doing, you know, what what, what certain um, you know, and going down the, the ideas of you know, oh, what are these? What are entropics? What what are these things? You know, yeah. what what are, what are branch chain amino acids? What are, what do all these things do? And and after a few years of going down rabbit holes just in my spare time, because this was the stuff I actually enjoyed whilst on site, just hating life. That this was the stuff I was thinking about. Was, yeah. was there going, oh cool, you know, I'm gonna I get to go home in my spare time, I get to read about this stuff. This is cool. And so you go down and, and after you know enough time of going down rabbit holes, you've covered a lot of rabbit holes. Mm-hmm. You know, and you get to a point where you're like, this is this is interesting. So I started buying um, raws by the end of it because at the time it was in that transition from those ultra stim guys. Um, and in that in that era uh, I guess it was very much like the Jekyll and Hyde sort of time. Um, and, and I I was looking for, when I'd read enough about this, I started realizing a lot of the stuff in the market wasn't actually, it wasn't dosed. It, it wasn't mm. clinically dosed. A lot of, 90% of it. Like there was a lot of very big American brands with very big budgets, mm. a lot of money going into marketing, but not a lot seeing on the panel. Uh, and I and I saw a massive gap there. I'm like, look, I, I'm someone who actually, like, you know, I've, I've really just fallen in love with these supplements and I'm looking through, but I'm, now I've actually read into what I want to find on the panel. I can't find anywhere. Yeah, I can't see it. You know, like the the pump agent at the time. I think it was uh, Jekyll at the time. Prosubs Jekyll, for example, yeah. had five hundred milligrams, half of one gram of citrulline. Mm. That was their pump formula. That was their lowest in pump edition. You know, like, and it was you know, and I'm there. I'm like, this is this is remarkable. Like, this is there's nothing. There's such a big gap in this space. There's so there's so few products that are offering what what you know if you actually read about it what you'd want to see on there. So yeah. I started, you know, I, I started playing around with my own adding rules to everything because I couldn't find anything that was a complete formulation. And, oh, and I, you know, I'd have training partners over time and I'd sort of show them. I'd be like, oh, look, you know, give this a try for me and see what you think. And because no one had ever had a, a try of, I mean, back then they were running agmatine arginine. But so mm. when you threw, when I threw in, I'd, I'd put in a good, um, you know, eight grams of citrulline in my, my in with my, you know, a good, a good 10 grams of creatine in there as well. Like really dose these things up and have the rules separate. People are like, what is this? You yeah. know, this, this is what's this? It's this, actually working. It's, now. it's actually working. Yeah. I actually it's have not, a pump. It's not just a stimulant rush. Yeah, it's not it's just, just a doing, massive, yeah. massive hit of DMAA, you know? Mm. Um, and so I saw this initial response. I was like, oh, people people are responding really cool to this. Like, well, this is just a few mates of mine trying it, but like, mm. they're like, this is like reinventing their workouts. Like, these guys are actually having a really cool time. And I, at the time, become really interested in bodybuilding. And I, I, I competed not long after in the AMB um, in, in, um, in a natural federation there. And throughout that time, again, introduced more and more supplements throughout then, um, looking to sort of, you know, uh, manipulate parts of the of, of my cut. So, yeah. you know, first it was just pre-workouts in my early introduction to training. And then mm. we're looking at fat burners and we're looking at sleep aids and things mm. like this and really getting into and, and having a lot of fun with it and finding new compounds and reading about them and getting, and I just got hooked. I was like, this is, this is amazing. Like seeing your body, like 
trying, introducing something new, yeah. seeing your body change, feeling something as well, they've felt effects as well. And I thought, this is, this is cool. Like if I can, you know, like this is the best part of my day is getting to, to mm. use these subs. Um, so when that, when that downturn came and I found myself out of work and I took stock of what was good in my life, it, this training, supplementation, this, this was the fun part. And because there was that huge gap I spoke about in the supplements, I mean, this is an area I can, I can add value and this, this is something I can, I can do this well. Like no one else is doing that. No one was using citrulline at the time even. Like, I, like this, is, this is really quite cool. And a lot of people listening to, the, to this podcast, they're very fortunate now. We have mm. a lot of very well-produced products, a lot of, you know, very clinically dosed products on the market, you know, it, it, but it was a very different landscape half a decade ago. Yeah. Um, so basically, you know, I thought, let's, let's have a crack at this. And I, and I got my local supplement store who at the time I was buying all my raws separately. I was like, look, can you just put this all on a tub for me? Because I'm really sick of buying like, you know, 10 bags of rolls and always having to mix it. My car looks like a meth lab. I need to really get this, you know, I need some help, you know. Can you just do this for me? Yeah. Um, so they, they did it. They, you know, I bought it in a big bucket and I had there and it was like a 24 gram serve and it was all, it was awesome. I started showing friends and they started going, wow, like, fuck, this is, this is nuts. This is cool. And yeah. I, I thought, okay, this, this could be something. And, and I was using like my grind formula now. Mm. I made that five years ago. That was my first product. Was actually grind. This one right that here. Was, that was it. I didn't have obviously alpha size, alpha GPC wasn't floating around yet, so I didn't have some yeah. of the trademarked ingredients. Vaso six wasn't it wasn't invented yet. Yeah. But the the backbones to that, the gram of tyrosine, um, having in there the um, the hoopazine as well. Like these, this was half a decade ago. Mm. That that hasn't changed. I, you know, I I um and and so that was my my sort of first attempt at a pre, um, you know, and then I had a you know, sort of more of a stim based one later on. But basically, the, the reaction was so strong because people were used to these big. Yeah, American brands throwing out really, really well marketed, but not well dosed products. Yeah. People once they're trying this, were like, "Whoa!" And I, and I started out by, you know, I would, I would, um, at this point, I, I had worked casually um, for friends who had made some mine were like minded. I'd met people along the way who were passionate about gym, and a few of them had started their own businesses, and they'd go, "Oh, I'm going to open a supplement store." You know, they're equally passionate guys, and they started it. And I went, oh, "What's it take to like?" Can this happen? Like, what, what, you know, is, is it? In, how does it even work? Like, do, would you sell this for me? Like, is that mm. even a thing? And and they're they're like, oh, let, let me give it a try. And so I'd show them, and um, you know, they're like, oh, shit. Like, once they had actually given out samples, they're like, we can range this. This is something I can work with. This. This is this is really cool. This is so different to everything else being made. And it's yeah. you know, it's, and it's all done here. And that was a there wasn't many Aussie brands back then. Mm. You know, five years ago there was there was bugger all being manufactured in Australia too. So. Oh, that the the initial response. I went, hey, there's something here. You know, there's there's really something that could, this could be a this could be a thing. So um, basically, you know, a little little bit of time went by with me sort of tinkering around, got this formula right, and me being sort of you know the 21 year old hardcore bodybuilder at the time, I put out my my first pre. I went bugger it. Yeah. I convinced my at the time I was married, so I convinced my wife at the time to let me um, take out a personal loan, go to a manufacturer, and go, can you make this? You know, can make me a pallet of this pre workout. It's called Bleed Out. It was mm-hmm. this hardcore, literally, like the flavors were blood melon. It was all written, yeah, literally the lettering on the tub was written in blood. It was all heart, like a much different animal yeah, to what it is today. Yeah. And um, it really resonates with the real, you know, like um, blood and gut style training mm-hmm. video, like really that era in a T. And put that, and I, I went, let's do it. Let's let's take a 20 grand loan out. At that time, I was only on 40K a year, 42K a year, yeah. in the, you know, work, working, um, bit of piecemeal work between, um, you know, friends, stores casually trying to gain experience on what the market was was doing. So I worked in supplement stores, built up my knowledge on what the market had, had a look at what other formulas were offering and what they weren't um, and started really, you know, put the hammer on it and went, let's pull the trigger, let's let's do something. Now, I got my first pallet of pre-workout land. That was at the beginning of 2015. And 
one thing I didn't understand at the time was that formulations are all great, but one thing we don't know is whether it's going to be shelf stable. Yep. So, is it going to clump? Is it going to clump? Yep. I'd taken out half my my yearly salary mm-hmm. in a loan, dumped it in one go on on just one product as an all out. Let's have a crack, and it went rock hard instantly. Like mm-hmm. with like we're talking weeks in. I had every hydroscopic ingredient on the planet in this thing, and it just went like a brick. Yep. I lost an entire palate, and the factory just washed their hands of it. It was a very small manufacturer at the time. I went mean, okay. I went. All right. Wow. This is my introduction to business. This is your first business learning lesson. <laughs> this is my first transaction. It's yeah. funny, man. I, I personally, I had a similar one, uh, not with with producing products, but one of my, and it's funny how these, these lessons stick with you, especially mm. the early ones, right? Mm. Um, I think because at the time when they happen as well, you know, that $20,000 to you now in business, you probably wouldn't even blink about it. But mm. back then being half a year's salary, like oh. it, it, that shit hurts, right? Oh, yeah, it stays yeah, with it hurts. you. <laughs> like I remember one of my first um, big imported shipments is I imported some BSN Synthesis. And oh, right. I think for me, for me, it was kind of similar. I reckon it was about 20 grand as well. Mm. And I was probably earning the same sort of money through the business at the time. And I didn't know anything about import permits. I didn't even know import permits existed. Mm. So I'd been importing like pre, pre-workouts and intra-workouts and all of that. But this was the first protein shipment. Hit the border, comes through customs clearance. Where's your import permit? What are you talking about import <laughs> permit? What's that? <laughs> They're like, oh, well, you don't have an import permit. Well, we're taking this and we're destroying it. And I was like, Oh shit! <laughs> that was my that was my introduction to importing uh, dairy based products, and and very quickly taught me lessons doesn't about it, import permits. It, bur- it imprints it, doesn't it, on you? And it, and it, it does, it, man. But why doesn't yep. it? What's bizarre that always stuck with me is why that didn't just put me down because because like it should. Logically, we should yeah. be risk averse. That's yeah. how we evolved. Mm-hmm. We should like we're designed human. The, the human species we're risk averse. We're designed for survival, right? Mm-hmm. And when we have these massively traumatic events and really significant burns, it should it should deter us, right? And I, I and I was quite after that clumped, and I was there, and I'm like, all right, well, I've got a I've got a personal loan here that's going to last me five years for you know, and I've got basically a, a pallet worth of just rocks that I can't mm-hmm. that I can't move. What do I do? Build a house out of it. Yeah, make, make a small <laughs> fort, <laughs> yeah. a very stimmy fort. Yeah, um, and uh, and uh, I guess I at that point I'd I'd upgraded from working casually. I, I actually got um in the lo- there was a an ad for Nutrition Warehouse at the time was coming to Newcastle. It was their first sort of store in in our area. Yeah, before that it was all independently owned stores. Friends like friends of mine that just decided to have a go, you know. Mm. And um, they had a manager's position, mm-hmm. and, I was, and it was my and I was like, wow, you can actually make a full time living in this like you get what there's a career in in supplements like that's even a thing yeah I, I had no idea at this point until now i've just been sort of you know you know playing around with this tinkering with my own little formulas and just selling to mates you know i'd sell half a dozen tubs and i'd buy a dozen tubs you know and then you know go, and slowly build up and build up yeah anyway after that after that clumped anyway i was i was working with this uh, I, I sort of started when i applied for it and i I got the job because at that point I'd, I'd done a fair few years of reading and, and formulating and playing around, mm. and then it was you know something they sort of sought after. So I, I got the manager's role here, and in in that time when I started with them, it was twelve months that mm-hmm. I that I did in that role, mm-hmm. and that, that store nearly tripled in in sales for it. But the the really big difference was that um, I guess during that time I it reignited my sort of passion to go let's have a crack at this. But it also showed me the same gaps before are still around. There's still there's still a space here. There's still a way I can add something valuable to customers. There's still a way I can give someone. There's something that no one else was doing, you know. And and I'd always thought of things a bit differently. I've always been a big fan of herbs, and mm. I, and I love botanicals because, uh, you know, amino acids you might manipulate 
you know, a reaction or block an enzyme or do one thing. There's feedback loops on everything. So, uh, like, whereas plants, they would, they would, like botanicals would always cover your base in so many different ways. You know, mm. the same the same plant that might modulate cortisol will also improve thyroid activity, or you know, like they 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 sort of take into account that feedback loop. So, mm. in terms of giving it to someone to try, if you want to make something, bring it to market, and and have customers have actual big results, this was a really great way of doing it. But so, I guess I saw this gap. Where you know this this real mix of sort of the sports science and the the real naturopathic herbs and really blending this in together, looking at the hormonal aspect as well, and really, you know, I, I had this really unique sort of product ideas and formulations at this point, and I went, all right, I've lost this twenty grand, I've burnt that, okay, let's start again, but let's do this, let's try and have a go. Mm-hmm. So, working there, I um I you know had a, a great relationship with with the with the, the team there and I, and so I over time I sort of you know developed tinkered and I finally got to a point where I went look let's let's have another go at this and mm. I I it, it, in the background I'd had the demand sort of building with my friends stores and it got to a point where I actually ended up resigning at the end because it was getting a bit of a conflict of interest you know of I was course, doing yeah. I was doing a taste testing in a gym for, for NW on a on a Monday and then that yeah. weekend I was going back doing a sale for Prime Bolic separately through another store you know mm. through our competitor I thought, oh, look, this is probably morally, I, I should bow out here and, you know, just just um, have some integrity about it. So I bowed, I, I bowed out. Um, and on the way out the door, they're like, look, well, thanks for that. As a gesture, mm. we'll put it on the website um, for you if you write two articles a week for our website for six months. Mm-hmm. Now, these had to be original articles. These had to be nowhere else on the internet you could find it. They had to be completely originally authored. Yeah. Everything had to be referenced, fact-checked. Uh, and I went through these. I ended up I ended up writing fifty two articles for it to have it on the website. Mm. And, I, and I thought, hey, getting on the a big box retail's website, this mm. is everything. You know, like mm. wow, they have you know all these stores. It's this massive website. It'll just crank. This is the start of my business. You know, this would be massive. And and so I'm there, like, beautiful. Yeah, I'll, I'll write these articles for you and stuff. And I'm going through and like, this this is a big body of work I did for, I did for this, and nothing happens. <laughs> nothing happens at all not a tub goes and I'm like what my formulas are better than everyone else's like my panels are fantastic you know no one's doing anything like this they're unique products they're great formulas they're great value for the money that I'm charging they're on the biggest website in the country in front of thousands of people a day massive traffic can't sell a tub what, what what's this this is really bizarre and I and I, and I, I went through I went, you know what, buggers, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this more in person. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do this old school and I'm actually going to go more for the brick and mortar side. Mm. So I wrote my six months worth of articles, gave them 52 original articles, went through and went, okay, give me a shot in store. Mm. I, I want to I prove I can do this. They did a, a national special for me uh, for, for the, and they did it two months in a row, which they hadn't done for anyone previously. And I, and I knew, knew this was coming up. I went, okay, it's time to dig deep again, but go much bigger scale than last time because I'm going... You know, as a young kid, Brent, this is my first real attempt at big scale business. And I'm going, oh, wait, look, I need to have a lot of stock on hand. I need mm-hmm. to launch all these products. This would be cool. And, and the special idea, this will, this is how dumb I was. I did a free a free BCA, so my original intro war, a free a free 30 serve intro war with a pre workout. And so, if you look at the, the manufacturing costs in this, I gave away tens of thousands of dollars. But anyway, so I'm making stock for this guy. And look, this is a huge national special. Customers couldn't turn that down. It's a free pre and a free. It's a free intro workout, a full month supply with a with a pre. This is going to kill it. I've, you know, I can. I was just sitting there waiting for the dollars to roll in, and I'm going, okay, we've gotten it to a great point. I've gotten this in the biggest retail in Australia. I sink out. We go a quarter million dollars in the red. We buy. We're buying tens of thousands of units of stock, gearing mm-hmm. up. And I'm and me as a, a guy again on. Fifty odd grand a year at the time. Going, okay, let's start. Like we're we're you know begging and borrowing from friends and family, from friends, grandmas, and stuff. You know, trying to get this money together to make this initial purchase to supply what I thought would be this monster sale in yeah. store, right? 
So he managed to pull off, you know, just in unspeakable to you know, sort of um, actions in terms of monetary lending and bad, you know, loan principles. Went through, got it, boom. Got it store, again, didn't move. Oh, uh, shit. Dropped it. Yeah. And, they, and they dropped it straight away afterwards. They went, look. and it's it, not working. This is not working. No one knows the brand. What? We Put some dates around this. Will. What year is this? This would be 16. 16, 16. 17. Oh, it might have been. No, no, no. It would be 17, sorry. Probably 17, 18, I would say. So um, you're two years in at this point. Two years in. Cause I, and I'd had a crack at it. And in that two years, I'd had- yeah. Crippled, like debt already and buggered stock. Yeah. On top of that, then I'd had, you know, this quarter million in debt again. So, so you're, got, you're, you're two years in and well and truly in the red. Well and truly in the red. Never, haven't turned a dime, still mm. working full time to pay myself to be able to keep, meet, you know, bills. And, you know, like I, I was, this was brutal. I was doing primer after hours. I'd go and, you know, working in stores nine to five to fund it. Mm. Um, so the, yeah, the hours were obscene for that period. I don't even know how I really survived that period. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, worked full time the whole way through. Did primer on the side. Would dispatch orders out of my garage for, um, well, literally until about eight or uh, two years ago or so. Um, and yeah, that's how it went mm-hmm. on, on repeat, growing store by store. Mm-hmm. And after that, after we got dropped by Nutrition Warehouse, and I had pallets of stock there sitting there, which had been ready to go. I had all this debt, and I'm just sitting there going, like, wow, like this is my introduction to business has been this destroyed pallet and just being punched in the face by a big yep. retailer, and just, yep. uh, you know, like. Wow, and 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 like now I look back, I go, oh, it makes perfect sense. There's no branding, there's no you know consumer awareness of the product. It's a new, it's a brand new product. No one knew what it was. Mm. You know, it, it it all of it makes sense. But to a young kid, you know, who goes, wow, this is this is the, the whole thing. Well, not not even a young kid will like anybody new to business, right? And mm. this is this is why. You know, I want to take some deep dives into your story, but I just want you to finish to get to 2021 before I go there. But, you know, this is one of the misconceptions about business, right? Is is a lot of people who are who are new to business, who are green to business, expect to kind of come in and, you know, put together this particular deal or that particular um, deal with whoever they're doing with and things are just going to blow up overnight. Right, yeah. that's that's the expectation. It is, but it doesn't fucking work like that. No, like it's it, never it, linear, is it? It's it, never, it ne- you know. I'm not, I don't want to say never because there's very. I can think of maybe one or two in my 15 plus years of business where I've seen it happen like that. But more often than not, it does, it's just it's unrealistic, right? You are you're going to get punched in the face, and then you're going to stand back up, and then you're going to learn your lessons. And then you get punched in the face again, and then you're going to stand back up and you get punched in the face again. And, just, and it's literally like just being continuously punched in the face. Yeah, it's, a very, it's a very humbling business. And you try it? and learn little lessons along the way so that maybe you can kind of duck and cover <laughs> when the next fucking punch comes. But anyway, so we're at 2017. 2018, yeah. And, and then what happens? Well, look, I'll, and to flick through that next part, because what they did is it just changed my whole ideology. Yeah. I, I started realizing that my, where my strengths were, and the strengths were – educating people as to what they should be expecting from mm-hmm. their products that they are buying regularly, providing that solution. And more importantly, so what I, what I spent the next two years doing really was I would just load up the outside of my, like, you know, outside of my working in stores, I'd load up my ute, go for a, and just go for a drive. Yep. Go visit stores in person. Here's a tub. This is what I make. This is why I make it. Mm-hmm. Rinse and repeat. Mm-hmm. Store after store, pounding after the store. pavement. Every single store I could find, I went to, and um, and because I'd spent so long working in the middle of nowhere through yep. mining, 
all places where other sales reps didn't go because it's not yeah. viable and so on. And there you go, straight where I went. Yep, because there these guys, you know, all, a lot of the you were like, "Fuck it, man! This is this is my this was my introduction to my career." Oh, it's you know, my backyard. I'll drive. To, I'll, you know, I'm used to getting up at three in the morning, driving three hours to get to site. Going to a, a store that's two hours out where no one wants to go is a walk in the fucking park. This is joyous. This so is there great. There you go. That's uh, paid dividends for you in five years. It was. I did, and it was ironic because a lot of those towns I actually stayed in before as a contract, you know, as a contractor yeah. in mine and just yeah. hating it and getting to come back to those towns on my own terms mm. and, and, you know, visiting stores, my own products. Uh, it wasn't paying me at that point, but still just, you know, as a concept going, you know what, I'll come back on my own terms. This yeah. is, I'm not here staying in a crappy, demandable, you know, like, you know, hating life. I'm back here. I'm getting doing something that I love and mm. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm here on my own terms. I'm here to visit these guys and I get to you know, go in and just talk about why I made something and why my business does what it does. And like, it, it was just such a turning point. So, and I'd go to these remote places, I'd go you know, five, six, eight hours inland and go find mm. places that no one goes to. Yeah. And these guys had never seen, I had some stores that I work with that I still do to this day that they had never seen, they had been opening for a year and a half and they'd never seen a sales rep before. They'd never seen a brand owner, let alone it. Like, you know, they hadn't seen anyone. Yeah. They, so, when I go in, they're like, oh, shit, who are you? Like, what? You're, you're coming out here. So, you know, I worked with the smaller guys because mm. I got burned doing it the other way and trying to go that way. Yep. So, no, I'm going to work with people. I'm going to work deeply. I'm going to go real deep and I'm going to go with people who, you know, more the independently owned um, stores where I can actually, you know, portray this passion, show, show them why I made things, educate on the formula and the actual product part and go, no, look, this is, this is why what you've been, you know, been, this is why what's on the market. Mm. Yeah, it hasn't been up to scratch for a long time or, th- or this is a unique way of doing it. Here's a different thought process. Here's a different way to attack fat loss. Here's a different way to attack, you know, sleep aid or, or muscle building. Here's a, di- here's a different perspective on all this. Yeah. Um, cause you know, cause I didn't come from, a, from this background. I wasn't a athletic kid or a sporting kid at all. You know, mm. I, I was, um, very much the overweight, overweight geek sort of guy at school. You know, it wasn't, wasn't, I was an athletic guy. So I came to this from a very different angle. Yeah. Um, I came from a, from a scientific angle. And when I, when I came into it, I started straight away going, well, you know, when, when I'm looking at these, these, the felt effects of products and supplements, I'm, I straight away was looking at the panel mm. yeah, and, and yeah, and you, you know, that, and that's how I know who I work well with. And that's why I've, we've done you know, such great business in the past. I think is that I, I, I really vibed with that. I grew up watching, you know, your, your material, you raw reviews, <laughs> you know, um, I'm happy to hear that. Uh, yeah. And seeing that where it was actually, you know, like what, what I've seen now and it's, and it's, it's enforced a whole generation of people now who are so much more aware. Like a lot of our listeners now, yeah. it's such a different you know, level of, of what it was when we st- when when we started, and mm. certainly you started, mm. um, and we're blessed with that because we've got a we've got this sea of people who are so eager to learn, and mm. it's, it's this era of information, and it's, it's stuff that we never had access to. But and so, look, that that basically, I just kept, I just rinsed and repeated, and I still do the exact same thing. I literally just get in the ute, load up with supplements, and just go store to store to store, and do that all across Australia, and rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat for years. And yep. that's, that's me now, you know, and At what, uh, just one, one question before we dive in um, here, Will, what year did you go, you know what, this, this is my full-time gig now. Mm. I don't need to be working the jobs here and there to kind of pay the bills and that sort of thing. It was only the start of last year and it wasn't even yeah. full-time then because COVID took a big chunk out of that. Um, yep. So I, I had only been working because until then I, I had a, uh, yeah, that, that was pretty much the, that was the first time would have been started last year. So January January twenty twenty was when I when I went. Okay, I'm going to pay myself. And even then, I'd only give myself the the three days a week. Sat like I said, I'd pay myself three days a week, but I'd yep. end up working seven. Uh, and you know, ra- and ran it through. So that was yep. when I was like, "Wow, I'm balling!" Like I'm actually taking something out of this business because still mm-hmm. then, you know, all this debt we'd started with, and all this, you know, all these you know, products that had gone wrong and clumps. Mm-hmm. We you know, there was no profit existing. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that wasn't a, even a concept. So we so it was um very much just doing it for the love of it. And and yeah, so finally went. Okay, let's try it out. It started last year. Yeah, 
COVID then gave me a bit of a wake up, but I went, no, let's double down instead. So mm. when I should have gone, when I was going, oh, look, here's another punch in the face, here's the, that whole COVID fun period. Mm. And so I, I was, you know, again, gave a lot of people an excuse for an out, but I, I thought if I've gone this far and I've gone through, you know, started a business a quarter million in the red, I've gone through, I've had, you know, half a year's pay worth of stock clump before I even got it to market, about all this stuff happened. Surely if I just, this is going somewhere, surely I can get through this next pit, you know? You haven't come this far just to come this far. Spot on. And yeah. I went, all right, bugger, let's have a go. So I actually use, funny enough, JobKeeper was a pay rise for me. <laughs> <laughs> a significant pay rise. Like it, was double. it was for a lot of people, man. You're <laughs> not alone. You're man, not alone. Was, yeah, because I think there's this big misconception that everyone has a business is balling, right? Like they, they all think it. Everyone goes, yeah. oh, you got your own business, man. You're, own, you're CEO of your own company. You must be killing it. But if they saw the back end of, of how business starts the first few years, they'd be very humble. And men, you know, this, this is where I want to go first and foremost, right? Because I, I, I've been much more conscious just recently about trying to tell my origin story um, with more detail than I have in the past, because I see, you know, a lot of people kind of, it's the exact misconception, right? A lot of people kind of look at me, they look at you, they look at these companies and they think that it's like a fucking balling lifestyle and you mm. just flipped a switch and you just decided to go in and then automatically the universe opens up and it's all fucking sunshine and Lambos, yeah. right? And it's just not the truth. So, you know, you, so you start Primabolics in 2015, right? And it takes you literally five years to get to the point where it's your full-time gig. I think that a big misconception, especially, you know, those of you listening and watching who are thinking about going into your own business, right? Perhaps mm. you've been doing a particular career for quite some time. Perhaps it's time to change. Maybe you've kind of had this, this little itch that you've wanted to scratch for a while and you just kind of want to do your own thing. Maybe, maybe it's a supplement company, right? Mm. Maybe it's an apparel company. Maybe it's, uh, you, you're a lawyer and you want to start your own firm. You're an accountant. You want to start your own firm, whatever it is. I want you to to really kind of talk through this. It's very it's very rare that you flick that you flick the switch and you close your career door completely and open the door to business and that's your full-time thing, right? Yep. I think that the you know I went through it personally, you've mm -hmm. been through it. I see it a lot with new businesses is that there's usually this period where you're still working Yep. And in your spare time, you're, you're, boots, you're bootstrapping the business. Like you're pulling it from, yep. from the ground up. And I think that, you know, a lot of people think that I'm going to start a business. This is the line in the sand, right? Now I'm just starting the business. And now, and now I'm going to be fucking balling in business. Yep. I quit, I quit Friday. I start my business Monday and it's yep. all good. Look, yep. I, and I think that's a, that's a good lesson because it does, it does have this like social media in particular has changed the perspective of what business is. Mm. I think my, like I watch my, um, I watch my old man grow up. He, he had his own business. He was a whip and saddle maker. So he made everything by hand. Um, and, and you know, I, I got to watch that growing up where he worked for himself, but we were always dirt poor, you know, cause mm. you know, you'd see booms and busts. There'd be great periods where he'd sell really well. And, and, you know, but same thing, he'd get in, load his ute up and go, you know, drive to a, you know, an expo or drive to a, you know, um, you know, event on, sell his stuff in person, telling yeah. people why. And, but I didn't see, we weren't killing it. You know, like we, I still saw that was, that was still years and years of struggle. And they're only just comfortable now sort of mm. thing from it, you know, after, after decades of you know raising a family on that on that boom and bust lifestyle, so so I just came into the world going you know I'm, I'm that's what I modelled it on. I went oh okay so you work really hard yep. most of the time you don't get paid for it 
uh, but you get to live on your own terms. Yep. That's the more valuable part. I don't give a shit. My money's not motivated. My money's shit, right? It comes and goes. Like, it's not an important aspect, really, if you look at it. Because you see very wealthy people who aren't any happier. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I go, I've... My, my income now is significantly higher than what it was last year, but who cares? Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't make me any different as a, as a person. Like, so, well, I've, I grew up watching that and seeing, and, and, but also how many years that took of just grinding at it. And, and so I, I always expected that, but I think that's changed now because we've got so, mm-hmm. such access to so many people who are killing it on paper, well, in, yeah. in theory. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, uh, you know, the other thing as well, though, Will, is it's, it's cool to be an entrepreneur at the moment. It is, isn't it? You it's know, trendy now. It was a dead cool. shit thing to do half a decade ago. And man, <laughs> listen, you know, like I go back to my grandparents, right? On both my mum's side and my dad's side, both did the business thing, did the entrepreneur thing. And it's fucking hard, oh, you know? And like back then, like I remember growing up, like my thing was the education thing was like hammered into me because it's like, no, 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 no. You don't want to do the business thing. Yeah, don't, don't do this. You this don't want to do the entrepreneur <laughs> thing. Right. You need to do the career thing because that is, that's the safe, you know, that's the guaranteed income. That's the work for somebody else. Let the other person take all the risk and you just, you know, you do the work and you get paid for it. And then you can focus on other things like, you know, um, having a family, uh, your hobbies, your whatever the fuck else. Isn't that such a, that's such a a unique lesson there. Cause I think that's so right. I think our parents' generation were so, I have older parents, they're nearly 70 now, but that that generation is very risk averse. Yeah. Coming coming from they they live through wars, you know, yep. and, and they saw the great a lot of them, a lot of our you know people our age, their parents were sort of you know lived through the depression sort of thing, mm. and and I think they were very that was drummed into you was you know do the safe thing, you know, yep. and they stayed in jobs for thirty years they didn't like, and mm-hmm. I mean. Mm-hmm. There's a fine act now, though, in that people are being encouraged to leave jobs the second they're unhappy with it. Yeah. That's the other thing. So we went from the parents' extremes where it was stay at a job for 30 years, you hate it, but you do it to raise a family. Yeah. Now it's, you know, bugger the family, don't worry about it. But if you don't like a job, leave it tomorrow. Do what sets your soul on fire. Great lesson in that, in that do what does make happy. Mm-hmm. I'm massive on that. That's my, because my whole reason for this is is to do, do things on my own terms. But there's that, like, there still has to be some endurance of discomfort in things that you don't enjoy. There has to be, because that's where you build the discipline of it. And that discipline serves you when the motivation wears off and you keep getting punched and you've got to actually get through this stuff. Like, yeah. like that, there's only, you know, being absolutely, like, not every day you wake up still and go like, oh, wow, this is awesome, but you do it. You know, that's where, it's, where, it's like the, the most relevant lessons from bodybuilding come in mm-hmm. through prep. You know, like, very rarely do you wake up wanting to, you know, wanting to do that extra cardio, wanting to do that, that gym session, but you go, you do it. And it all, you know, same in the military, same in mining. It just keeps reinforcing that you don't want to do it, but you have to. Yeah. Man, we were just talking off camera. I get up at 4.30 every morning to go and train. You think I enjoy getting up at 4.30 every morning? <laughs> I woke up this morning, it was fucking dark outside, cold, raining. raining. It was raining. I was like, man, I don't want to get up and go train. Like but you fucking did it, you right? Got it. You got it. This is, you know what? A couple of just, just strategic, practical tips that I want to give to the listeners and the viewers. The first thing is, if you are kind of in this position where you've got this itch that you want to scratch, right? Mm. You want to you want to go down the path of entrepreneur, but you've built this career, you know, you've got this income, you're working this job, so on and so forth. You've got responsibilities that come along with that, perhaps the family responsibilities, financial responsibilities, so on and so forth. I really encourage you guys to mitigate the risk in the fact that don't completely close that door and think that that door has to be completely closed in order for you to open the door to entrepreneurship or in order yeah. for you to open the door to running your own business, right? There's going to be a period where you just have to do both, 
right? You have to keep working to yep. meet your to meet your financial responsibilities, your family responsibilities, whatever that looks like, just to earn enough money to get by. And then between 6 p.m. at night and 1 a.m. in the morning, that's when you work on your passion project. That's when you work on it your is. business. There is going to be this period where you just have to bootstrap. Yep, and it's and it's. I think that's the most that's the most valuable and humbling part of it, though, because that that the longer you spend in the trenches on that part of the business, though, yeah, the more thoroughly of it, and the more because what what I what I think is the most valuable part of that that first few years was for me at least was having to do every single thing myself, design the labels, do the formulations, do that you know source the packaging, go through like physically. Delivered. I mean, I had a period during COVID where we couldn't even have um, freight services, like you know, mm. to a lot of our stores. So I drove it. I just was my own courier as well. Yeah. And like, we it was only January this year that I, I brought on, um, you know, a warehouse manager to help finally pack orders while I was away. Because mm. I used to go out, I'd drive the eight hours inland, do a seminar or do talks there, or you know, show them my products. Mm. And if they place an order, I had to drive back and post it. Yeah. I don't know what else in because because you yeah. don't have staff. You know, like it's such you don't a, you don't have you don't have profit to employ staff. No, you can't. You can't. You can't. So you got to you you do everything yourself. But that that in itself is is not is not something to um, shy away from. That's the most valuable part of it all. Once mm. you know, once you get in the trenches and do every part of your business and understand it thoroughly, when you are fortunate enough to have the revenue to hire someone. And you already know intimately what their job title is, what their job role involves, and you've yeah. done it first. It's a different kind. It's it, one. It allows you to tell them how to do it, you know, to the to the best of their ability, and two, it's showing that you've done it before. Like mm-hmm. you can go, look, I I did this for years, you know, like I, I packed every single box for years, mm-hmm. invoiced every single thing, but you know, oh yeah, there's, uh, every tub and there was thousands a month going out was I put it in a box by hand, taped it by hand, and yeah. you know, driven it in times to stores. Um, so. Yeah, you've got you've got to do that period, and if you, if you jump your ship and burn your bridges, a lot mm. of those bridges I like when I worked casually for, they're the stores that I sell in now. Yeah, you can't burn it. You yeah. got you know, like it's all opportunity, man. Yeah, it's all opportunity. Yeah. I want to talk about you know in in the situation where I get hit up a lot, right? Where people are like, I don't really enjoy what I do. You know, I'm yep. just doing a job, uh, but I'm not really sure what I'm passionate about. You know, I'm not really sure uh, to take the words out of your mouth. What sets my soul on fire? Mm. Your story was kind of like, you know, you, you just started dabbling in what you're interested in, right? Yeah. You kind of you know, got to the gym, started training, started taking products, Yep. found that quite interesting, went down that rabbit hole, as you said, and you become pretty good at getting down rabbit holes. And, Boy. you know, uh, what advice would you give to people who, are in this situation where, you know, they're, they're, maybe they've been doing a certain thing for five years, 10 years, 20 years even, and they're just at a point where they're not really happy, but they don't really know what they want to do. Yeah, gotcha. I, I think some of the people, some of the most successful businesses I've seen, friend, you know, colleagues or friends of mine start, it was already under their nose. If, if it's something you enjoy, you're probably already doing it. Yeah. Chances are. If, if you're asking that question, what do I enjoy doing? Chances are, if you like doing it, you're already doing it. Mm. So look at your current lifestyle, take stock. What part of your day do you really like, all month, all year? You know, what is it that really gets you going? You know, what, what is it that you actually enjoy out of that part? Mm. And what, you know, what would you do if you didn't get paid? Like if you didn't, you know, for me, if I had a day off, gym and a supplement store, that was, that was my favorite day off. You know, I'd go and I'd find, and, you know, I'd go geek out in a supplement store with a friend of mine behind the counter, you know, and I'd go get a sample of something new to try, get a new pre workout or something or a new intra and then go train. That was mm. like, I'm like, that, that's what I'd do if I wasn't paid. So to me, it was a bit of a no brainer, but I just didn't know there was a career available in this space. I didn't, mm. I didn't think you could make money out of doing something around supplements. I was like, that's this is like, what? So like, it might not always seem obvious at first. I had to create that job for myself because yeah. this isn't a job that comes along often like you don't. Mm. Yeah. So 
I had to create it, but it was there. So I would say to those people who are watching going, what do I, you know, I want to do something I like, but like, what do I, you know, what's that purpose? Mm. You know, I listened to a great podcast on this with Ben Pekulski recently, same thing. He was asked, you know, how do you find your purpose? It's already there. You already do. If you enjoy it, chances are you're already doing it. It's just, you know, and, and just change the frame of mind that we've, because we've all been conditioned pretty strongly to follow that, that mindset of, you know, grow up, go to school, get a good steady job, hold that yeah. down. That, you know, house, wife, a picket fence, get a mortgage, blah, blah, blah. It's all pre-programmed. It's all, you know, I think you've just got to change your mindset and go, okay, like I'm probably already doing it if I like it. I've probably already done it previously or, I, or I'm doing it currently. Mm. How, now, what does that look like if I make that into something? How could, what can I offer in that space? You know, what, what am I, what could I do that someone else isn't already, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then and go down that, that rabbit hole and look, look at that. It's interesting because, you know, a lot of the time it's just leaning into what, what you're curious about, you know, leaning into what uh, sparks your curiosity, what piques your interest, you yeah. know? And I think that a lot of the times it's almost that people kind of look too hard because they're immediately thinking entrepreneur business, what's going to make money. Yes. Which that, right? now that, that's a point money, right? Yeah. Anyone who starts this for money, anyone listening who's starting this for money, stop and start again and rethink your purpose. Cause you will burn yeah. out well before the cash comes in. Uh, and that's, that is not the right, that's not an adequate fuel source to get you through what you're going to have to go through to get there. Well, a, uh, you know, and this is the thing where it kind of leads into the next thing I wanted to talk about, right? Because if you had done this for money, when oh. you lost, when you lost oh. that first twenty grand, Done. you would have checked out. Yeah, and then when, when I lost the, the next the, quarter mil, I would have checked the out. Quarter again. of a mil, you would have checked out, right? Yeah. And this is, you know, it's one of the things that I say so often, and people kind of think it's a bit of a cop out. They're like, yeah, but you know, you have to make money to stay in business. Yes, you have to make money to stay in business. But if your primary reason for starting a business is purely financially motivated, mm-hmm. as soon as you get the first financial setback. You're checking out. You're done. Yep. And, you're, and you, you're out of the game. And you're looking at it from a different frame. As soon as you see, cause, because you've set your metric straight away to be your success is measured on your income, on yep. the revenue from this business, yep. that's, your, that's your metric. That's your yardstick. So mm. as soon as your business doesn't start generating sales, as soon as your business you know, isn't as profitable as you thought, as soon mm. as it's not paying you, you're in your head, your metric for success, you've already failed. Mm. And so you've got to really frame it from a different angle. I, I, I had no business background really you know, with this stuff at all. You know, I, it was just a um, a guy who liked training. So when I started this, it had money wasn't even a thing. I got, I didn't ever expect to be able to pay myself. Like I always mm. thought this would just be a, a fun, a cool, fun hobby to make a pre that people would enjoy or make a, you know. And then that sort of just evolved over time. But if you go in and go, I'm going to do this to get to you know to be a baller, you're not going to last because it's. And you'll think that you, and you, the whole way along, your frame will be wrong because you'll you'll be judging your success on something that. I mean, if, if people saw the back end of businesses yeah. and, and, you know, what the reality is for a long time, it's not what you see on socials. You know, it's, it's not. It's really a lot, like there's a, there's a lot of highlight, like there's a lot of highlight reels being flung around, but mm-hmm. no one's showing the low light a great deal where you're you know, working the hours and you're doing the very uncomfortable things that you don't get paid for. Yeah. So, yeah, that, 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 I, I think that's very valuable that you touched on, touched on that side of things. So we don't, don't just chase the money with this angle. You know, find what you like. You're gonna be you're gonna be in for a really rough ride if that's your if that's your mm. key motivator for starting in entrepreneurship or for, for for starting in business. I think it's quite interesting as well. You know, you mentioned um, in your story that you you know when you when you really kind of committed to the business full time and you kind of um, were like, you know what, I need to exploit these opportunities that nobody else is looking at because mm. it's too hard. It's too difficult. It's, yep. 
too far of a drive. It's going to take too much time. I can't be bothered, whatever the fucking excuse is. And you kind of spotted these opportunities that your competitors really either weren't looking for or had seen and kind of wrote them off as, you know what, we're not, we're not going to do that for whatever reason. And you really kind of squeeze the juice out of those opportunities. Mm. Talk me a little bit through the mindset behind that, because I think that especially starting in business, that is something really, really important. And especially, especially your, your kind of experience in the first few years, right? Because you had that experience with a big retailer that you were like, you know what, this is the opportunity. This is the opportunity of a lifetime. Yep. You know, like this is the opportunity that supplement brands that have been around for 20 years are getting. This is my shot. Yep. And it didn't work. Yep. And then you've gone to the complete other end of the spectrum and you're like, you know what, I'm going to look at the opportunities that no one else is looking at. And that's where I'm going to find my niche. And that's where I'm going to squeeze the juice out of. And that's really where I'm going to start building my business. Exactly. Because once I had that, once I sh- like shifted that frame again and, and flipped it and went to literally the polar opposite model, yeah. went to my own past doors, brick and mortar and just, you know, sit, usually just, it'd be a guy just like myself who's just, you know, really loved training, super passionate about training and subs and usually competed or just loved, just loved it, you know, and mm. they loved it so much. They thought they had the same thought process. I'm going to start this regardless of whether it's a money spin. I just want to do this for my job. And they start stores and I'd approach them. Um, I think the, the same logic that answered your last question is, is what put me in this space. I didn't care about money was the thing in this part because I was used to being broke. I was always broke. You know, I've been, I've been, anyone who wants to. Hey man, this is one thing that I'm big on when, you know, a lot of people say started from the bottom. There's a difference between starting from the bottom and really starting from the bottom. And when you've really started from the bottom and you're not afraid of fucking losing everything because you've been there, you actually have nothing to lose. Oh, you don't care anymore. No. Nah. And, and it takes away that that massive, you know, everyone puts so much value on it. And it's just, when like, I, I, entire life, been been broke, you know, like, yeah. because I've lived in booms and busts when I actually graduated throughout uni, it was just working casually to get me through studying. You know, like, it, it's always just been booms and busts with income. There's never been any stability to it. So I just let go of it as, mm-hmm. a, as a value thing anymore. Yeah. I, start, I started looking at other areas. And I think that's what prohibited those bigger companies from doing what I did because- if you looked at it, it didn't really make commercial sense what I did. If you, if you look at a company, uh, a lot of them are based in Sydney, say, right, or capital yeah. cities, to pay a sales rep on the ways that they're on to drive seven or eight hours, pay them car, fuel, accommodation, meals, to go and visit one store that yeah. might be 600Ks inland. Doesn't make business sense. Doesn't make business sense. Not nope. commercially viable. Yeah. But I wasn't trying to be commercially viable. I didn't give a shit about money. Yeah. So that was my advantage. I straight mm. away went, oh, Technically, it's dumb to drive to Dubbo this morning and go, you know, go ch- and try and do a taste testing at a gym, like just a taste testing one. You know, like sure, if I was paying, if this was someone else, I wouldn't do it. If this was like, paying someone else, I wouldn't mm-hmm. do it. But because it was, it was me, and I was just doing this for me, and I, I, I didn't. Like, that was part of in my head. I'm going, no, this is growing my brand. This, mm-hmm. this is more people trying my products that I've put out that I've formulated. More chances to show more people. It made perfect sense. I just did it, but. The the going back to that mo- the motivation was different. That's what that's what I, that's where those niches presented themselves mm-hmm. was framing it differently. If, mm-hmm. if I had looked at it like from a money game, if I'd walked into it and gone, I'm going to start a business to pay myself, I wouldn't be looking. I wouldn't go. Well, logically, I wouldn't. Go, I'm not going to burn all this money to go out there and with accommodation and fuel and drive out there for for one store. It'd mm-hmm. make, so I think the neat what it was was having that different frame, like just not not valuing not doing it for the money made it a lot more obvious sense. Um, so yeah, accommodation of not, of not you know going the opposite on that. The, the bigger model, changing models, and then really not, you know, shifting the frame on how I looked at things. It allowed me to get into places a lot of other places wouldn't bother historically, but they were the most appreciative because they had such, they had no attention ever yeah. for that exact reason. No one had gone out there. No one's given them love. No one's, you know, gave a shit about them really. Yeah. So when you did, it was that, that it was such loyalty and such, you know, you really, 
you do, we did cool things together. Yeah. I've, I've done some awesome stuff with these stores, you know, like yeah. really unique projects that bigger companies aren't doing because it's, mm. it's, you know, I'm in that beautiful place where you can you can be flexible and you can pivot and you can do cool projects like this where we do collaborative well, but, flavors. But and, that's a great example, right? Is like you, you, your company was the first Australian brand in the history. And we've been working with Australian brands since 2005, man. Right, you were the first company that was like, you know what? Let's do it. Let's do an exclusive flavor. Let's put your logo on the tub, because yeah. the other companies, nah, not going to do it. That's not an opportunity we're interested in. That's another prime example. Because so, not, but maybe, maybe it's not, they might go, oh, you maybe know, viability not, thing, is a risk it's not, thing, or it's, well, maybe it's know? not viable. Maybe they're just not looking. You know, like this is the thing. One of the one of the 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 um, stories that I tell when I first started uh, the massive Joe's business, and one of the opportunities that I exploited that my uh, competitors, much bigger competitors, you mentioned one of them, there's a few of them, you know, especially at that time, 2005, six, seven, eight through there, uh, social media, they just weren't looking. Yeah. They weren't looking, you know, like, and I guess, you know, right place at the right time. But I was also looking at, well, you know, I don't have the money to open a retail store, so I can't do that. Right, right at the start, I didn't have the money to start a website. Oh, God, so the no. first place that I sold was eBay. I was the first person in this country to sell supplements on eBay because no one else was looking. Yeah, wow. They were selling on their websites. I couldn't afford a fucking website. <laughs> so what I do, okay, I'm going to go and use a third party website to go and sell. And then all of a sudden, everyone comes in, right? The Facebook situation at the time, you know, you can't, you, Facebook is for university students, right? Yeah. College students to interact, high school students, you know, that's just a, it's a social, it's a social networking app. No one's going to be interested in selling supplements, advertising supplements on Facebook. And they just completely missed it where I was like, fuck it, I'll do it. Let's go. That, Instagram, Snapchat, a- YouTube, you know, you can, met, you, you, even now, TikTok, you know, like it's the same shit. You just have to, you, very early on in business, it's super, super important to look at those opportunities, look for those opportunities and exploit those opportunities that the bigger guys are just either noticing and just completely disregarding or just aren't even looking for in the first place. Yep. You have to milk those opportunities. But then if you want to, if you want to be all time in business, you have to keep that mindset as you get bigger, yes. right? Because as you grow, you're going to start going, well, I'm not interested in those opportunities anymore. And you start making the mistakes that the big guys made when you came into business. Yeah, and you stop being as creative, and you stop thinking cre- like thinking outside the square on these things because you are part of the square. Then you hit, absolutely, you hit a scale, and you are the square. Yep. You know, and absolutely. you've got and the thing that got you to be the square was it was thinking outside of it. You know, yeah. and it's that's a really good point. You've got to keep you've got to keep on your toes with it because I, I find that as soon I hate it when things are stable because. Mm. I'm used to so much instability historically, so I, I really thrive in it. And I, I have my best work when I'm under pressure, but I, I suck when we're going well. Mm. Um, I really, really suck when we're, when things are cruisy, things are ticking over. You know, this, this is probably the first time in, in my business history where that's getting nearly resembling that. And you go, oh, you start, so you get complacent, mm. you know, you don't, and you mm. haven't got that same fuel. When you're uncomfortable, yeah. you drive hard. Yeah. You know, when you're, when you're really, when your back's against the wall, you've got no, nothing in the bank, but you've got to somehow bring revenue in to try and, yeah. you know, stave off, you know, liquidating, you know, like those are the times when you really get, you go, okay, I've got to do something. I have to do, and mm. I have to do something no one's done to try and, to, you know, to get, get something in the door. And, yeah. you know, when it's, when it, you don't think that way when it's all honky-dory and it's all sunshine and roses. You, you, you're just like, okay, cool, another day, another dollar, just let it tick over. Yeah. But you'll never make anything unique and no, nothing will really stick out then. So I really like it when it's in periods that are 
you know, if it's a bit of a quiet time or a downturn, because mm. I mean, that's that's when I did my best work. It's funny, right? Because we talked about punches in the faces when you get when you get started in business, right? And and when you start in business, this is my experience at least, right? Is when you start in business, you 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 try and avoid the punches in the face, like you know they're coming, yeah. right? The first time you just completely unguarded, <laughs> smack right in the face. You stand back up, <laughs> then you, you duck and cover a little bit, but you still get hit. You know, you're trying to avoid them as you kind of get deeper into business and as you kind of get into the five-year circle the 10-year circle the 15-year room the 20-year room i'm not there just yet but soon uh it's all it almost flips and i'm kind of at the point now where like i look forward to getting punched in the face because i know that that's going to knock any complacency the fuck out it wakes you up, doesn't it? It wakes you up, like, you know. Like, uh, and I, I, I talk about, you know, we're we're still very much in the in the vice grip of the pandemic at the moment mm. worldwide. But I talk about 2020 because that was really, you know, fingers crossed, had the <laughs> peak of the pandemic. And I look back on it and I go, you know what? That was really fucking hard. But I'm so grateful for the punches in the face that I took in that year oh, because yeah. it knocked and it, it knocked any sort of complacency that I had to fuck out. And it humbled me more than I, than anything could possibly have hum humbled me at this point in business. Oh God. Yeah. You know, yeah, really and you look but you look forward to that will because you go, you know what? Fuck, I'm trying to get to the next level. And you look back on it and you're like, what was I like? I was complacent. Yep. You know, I, I wasn't crossing my T's. I wasn't dotting my I's. I wasn't making the most of the one percenters. I was the big guy that was overlooking those opportunities that when I first started in business, I would have killed to go and squeeze those opportunities. Yeah. And, and I think that's the last year gave us all a chance to either one, bow out. Yep. If you weren't in it for the right reason, you tapped out. Yep. That, that was most of the times, right? To, and, you know, so anyone who's just along for the ride, any mm. tourists, they would, you know, that, that bowed out there. And fair call. That, mm. that was actually quite... A nice bit of universal karma going, you know mm. what, guys, you know, if you want to now, we'll actually support you on the way out the door. Thanks for coming. Cool. This is your chance to go yeah. back to normality yeah. and just, you know, live a normal life and that's that's fine. Then there was the, the other the other percent, the other small percentage which I saw, and being in the network that I chose to target now of mm. people who are, you know, just literally, you know, um, independent operators and who had just did this because they were passionate, mm -hmm. those are the ones that put the fight up and they turned around and went, all right. Well, everyone's fucked, but let's have a crack at this and see what we can. How can we do this differently? How can we? How can I make money when gyms are closed for six months? How mm -hmm. can I? How can I sell supplements in this particular environment? How can yeah. I pivot? Yeah. That pivoting was incredible. I saw some amazing shit done. You know, yeah, mm -hmm. stores that get more changes inside a business structure than you'll than you'll see in years happened overnight. You know, they go from being a complete retail outlet to closing down, doing online more so, and then delivering personally, becoming like delivery drivers in cases. You know, yeah. we did a way bigger focus on on, on Instagram and social media and doing you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of my seminars I did, you know, on Instagram live instead or mm. do with, you know, it made us so goddamn creative because uh, it put such a fire under us because we had to, you yeah. know, like it, it pulled down all the comfort. It took out all of the, it took all the bumper rails off. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, you were screwed if you didn't adapt. And uh, I needed that again at that point. Um, uh, it was, it was something that I was, uh, I think a lot of people got that, that real, uh, they got so creative. And I just, I just love seeing how, how robust and how how much it made people pivot so mm. so much faster than you normally would. It's this weird period where like almost anything could happen. It's a time warp. We were talking about it when you when yeah, you arrived yeah. today. It's like the time warp of twenty twenty. It was such a weird year, you but know? my God, it was it was so remarkable. People changed more about their businesses, their personal lives, or yeah. everything in what in like that you know several month lockdown they did in in decades. Like it was just it was five five year at least five years condensed into one year. 
in terms of like speed of change. Oh, it was a phenomenal it's, rate of change. And for, for people in, in, in business, you see a lot of change, you know, anyway. So mm. we're more, you know, you can become averse to it, but that was, that was pretty remarkable. But yeah, I think seek that discomfort sometimes for the really, the big gems to see those niche opportunities you might've missed. Yeah, it's, it's super, super important, man. And I, you know, I think we've kind of given some advice to people who are, who are new in business or thinking about getting into business or are kind of green in the business realm. But we do have a lot of listeners and a lot of uh, viewers who, you know, maybe they're in the five-year room like yourself, mm. maybe they're in the 10-year room, 15-year room, 20-year room, whatever it is. You know, I, I think that the best piece of advice that we can give to, to those of you listening is do what you need to do to seek discomfort, to seek those punches in the face, because there's no better way to keep you complacent, uh, to, to, there's no better way to eradicate complacency. Mm -hmm. There's no better way to keep you humble. And there's no better way to keep that mindset that was so valuable to you when you first started, because you were willing to do what other people weren't willing to do. You were willing to see opportunities that other people weren't willing to see. And I think if you can keep that mindset as you get into those rooms throughout your business career, your entrepreneurial career, that's just going to make you so much more successful yeah. over the long term. Gives you that edge. It, keeps, you know? it gives you an edge over you guys who otherwise yeah. were getting comfy, you know. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's flip gears because I, you know, I want to spend a little bit of time supplement geeking out with you. Yes. <laughs> this, this is the fun stuff. This is the fun stuff. I, I've always been a fan of what you guys have done better than anyone in the game. It's Thank always, you, man. You started looking at panels early on in the piece. Well, yeah. before anyone else was really yeah. making it a big part of their of their business and making a big part of their whole ideology was mm. looking at the nutritional panel and going, what's what are the active ingredients? What's this formula? And explaining it to people. Yeah. So much education and value came out of that. And that was what you guys brought to the game as a point of difference, right? Mm. And I think that's why I wanted to bring it full circle in when we're doing this episode today. Um, and initially, it was going to be pretty much all business as we were chatting out before, but I, it would be bringing it full circle and going, no, let's geek out on the stuff. Let's, yeah. let's give people yeah. some, some fun let's stuff. Go. We're going to go like 15 minutes or so. Um, you have kind of, speaking of niches and little <laughs> opportunities, you've kind of niched out recently in uh, really kind of the, the hormone side of supplementation. Definitely. Particularly adrenal support, particularly, particularly looking at thyroid function, cortisol, um, low testosterone in men, high estrogen in women. And you're really starting to, especially in your product development, you know, we, we've spoken about grind and, and a lot of the listeners and viewers will be probably more familiar with grind from Primabolics than any other products. Yep. But you guys are really kind of going into that space. You've got Restore, you've got Primal Test, you're really kind of moving into that hormonal space. So I mean, let's, let's, let's go hormones, you know, Beautiful. let's, let's go. Uh, you're trying to improve body composition. Yep. You're trying to improve performance. Maybe trying to build a little bit of muscle, lose a little bit of body fat. What role do hormones play? What can you do to optimize your natural hormonal environment to help you reach whatever health and fitness goal you're trying to reach? Gotcha. Cause everything's downstream of them, right? I, I, as a young bodybuilder, I was always about the you know, how can I tweak my macros, nutrient timing, cardio, you yeah. know, it, it's all about those variables. They were, the, they were the levers I was pulling. And as I got mm. further down the track, I realized those were more and more, they're the smaller levers. The big lever you can pull is is in the hormonal optimization space because everything's downstream of that, right? So like a lot of people, for example, if you're chasing fat loss, we'll pick that as a thing. So you're chasing fat loss right now. Let's say you've, you know, doing the classic thing, enter a calorie deficit, increase output, drop down food. Cool. Yeah. Now, 
if, but if, what if we look at you know and, and increasing our, our you know everyone jumps straight to treadmill the first time we hear fat loss we're going straight increase cardio right mm. let's let, let's say that that's you know even in elite athletes your activity might be 20 30 percent of your daily output in very active people more mm. of the time it's 10 to 20 percent of your calorie burn is is you know from exercise right the other 80 to 90 percent is your bmr just the calories you need you know, just the, the calories consumed just functioning as a human organism mm. is is the big piece of the pie that no one's looking at similar to the business examples right no no one's looking everyone's looking at oh let's do a bit more cardio and let's drive a bit more you know let's, let's tweak our macros over here this is the little stuff mm. the big stuff is the base metabolic rate which is optimized by your thyroid function you know and, and that thyroid function is is inextricably linked with how stressed you are and therefore how your cortisol is looking how's your hormonal profile you know if your androgens aren't optimal if your testosterone is low you know if your estrogen is too high what are these things all doing they're doing massive things to the big pie mm. we're to here trying to really look at putting all the attention in the tiny piece that's moving 10 20 percent so when i wanted to get some real changes in people my point of difference was very much going hey let's go after the big stuff to see what happens let's you know let's let's get this let's change people's mindset and try and go you know, instead of focusing on how many can I do an extra half hour of cardio today, why don't we go, hey, how's your th- how's our thyroid function? You know, what's happening there? How's our metabolism actually functioning? One, do we have all the, the nutrients we need for our thyroid to actually function? You know, how, how's our how's our stresses? How are we sleeping? You know, you know, how's it, how, how's our stress hormones looking? How's our cortisol? All these things impact massively that that be, you know that bigger piece of the pie that no one's looking at. So when we're looking at driving, let's give them a few tips on fat loss and on, on muscle building and so on. I would say bit less attention on this stuff, on the cardio, the macros, the training. It's all a very important part of the picture. That has to happen, the diet and exercise. But if it, I would say as well, let's pay attention to things like uh, going down the stress angle, you know, sleep quality. That's mm. probably one of your best metrics for your body's health and how it's running, how your, how your nervous system is holding up to how crazy our modern environment is. Like so many people are like, we, we never evolved to deal with how society is now. We were like, if you look at uh, cavemen, human, how we actually evolved and how our physiology evolved, it wasn't made to deal with the, you know, the huge amount of environmental insults we have now between, you know, like, you know, stress, pollutants, chemicals, cosmetics, BPAs, plastics, between having so many commitments on all fronts, never switching off, you know, the, the, all these stressors on our body, all these things that are coming in environmental, in our you know, everyday hectic lifestyles we're leading. Our, our physiology is at a, sort of at ends. It's going like, well, how do I deal with this? You know, mm-hmm. and when we're seeing so commonly in my travels, I'm seeing all the time. We're seeing hormonal imbalances like you know polycystic ovarian syndrome. We're seeing endometriosis. We're seeing low testosterone in young guys, like really young guys, and you know, like the guys in their twenties and stuff with low, who are getting blood tests with low tests. And you're like, you know, it doesn't. You go, oh, how can this be? It's because you stress out of your brain, but you don't understand because yeah. it, you're redlining, but it's background noise. You're having a gram of caffeine a day. You've got you know work commitments, relationship commitments. You know, you're, tra- you're training twice a day you're not eating enough as well you're, you're eating macros and not the micronutrients as well all these factors right so when i when when to answer your question when they're saying how do i burn some fat or build some muscle i'd say let's let's put a lot more attention into how's this looking stress mm-hmm. that's the big one i've made my life's work in the last few years really making people aware of how their body's dealing with the, with the you know how, how often are they elevating their cortisol how, how much of an impact is stress having on their on their body and i, and I guess giving them like real-time metrics. If you go home tonight, we listen to this one here, you're going home after work, how long does it take you to switch off mm-hmm. is a big one. If you find that when you sit down, your head is still racing, even if you're physically exhausted, but you're still tired, but you know, you're physically tired, but you're mentally wired. Mm-hmm. You know, you lay down, head hits the pillow, you can't stop worrying about the day. Your head just won't switch off. You know, throughout the night, you might be waking up a few times to go to the, go to the bathroom. You wake up in the morning, you're feeling tired and you're dragging your ass. You're really relying on that morning caffeine hit to start the day. Yeah. Foggy headedness, poor short-term memory as well. If you've got real goldfish memory, if you're multitasking but not finishing any one task, 
all these things are signs that your body's running on red line and mm. you know our body's cortisol is we're constantly putting out cortisol because our body's always thinking where we have all these you know insults to deal with mm. so when i when i'm giving them tips it's actually things to it's usually put the brakes on with people you know people come to me and go oh you know i want to lose weight i'm like okay what are you doing they go oh i'm doing you know like these hours of cardio i'm eating bugger all i'm doing all this weight training it's awesome isn't it I'm like no let's 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 do this it's actually usually i reverse diet them out of out of the cardio and out of the food like we get them you know eating more and trying to you know wind down some of these outputs finding their life where the stresses are mm-hmm. and trying to where we can mitigate them if not you know try and supplement them you know and, and that's why i made hormonal products because i used to just say like you know stress less and then I realized that doesn't work anymore, especially mm. after last year, we got a real rude shock on that front. So everyone's, you know, people are very wide. So I thought, okay, I need to make something that people can use as a tool for this. Um, you know, there's heaps of lifestyle hacks there, like, you know, waking up, getting sun exposure, classic one. Yeah. Um, there's, there's actually a, a nuclear clock that sits, it's funny enough, it's in the roof of our mouth. And, and it, what it does, as soon as we get light exposure in the morning, apart from our pineal glands behind our eyes, actually giving us um, that that switch off from melatonin to serotonin and getting us going and, mm-hmm. and it's starting that sort of, um, cortisol surge and give us the energy for the day. That's the big important part of it. It also sets our clock for when our bedtime will be mm-hmm. as well. Late 12 to 15 hours later, it'll set your clock for then. So a big part of, of helping people with fat loss and muscle building is getting consistency in the in the wake times and sleep times yep. and shifting exercise to mornings. Now, this is something you've done, in I have. You have. You've, Over the last 18 months or so, you've shifted. I was, I was a, um, a nighttime trainer for... Oh man, over a decade, Huge. over a decade, wow. you know, I used to train after work and, you know, uh, as what happens in business, just to flip back to the business side of the, the episode, you're working later, you're working later, you're working later, there's more responsibility, there's more on your plate. And I got to the point will, you know, where I would train after work, but there'd be some days where I would be in, in the office until eight thirty nine o'clock. So mm-hmm. by the time I get to the gym, it's 9.30, sometimes 10 o'clock. This is, I used to have a saying, I do my best work after 10 p.m. And it wasn't in the bedroom, it was the gym <laughs> because of this, right? Unfortunately. But, you know, I, so I've spent 12, 14, 16 hours in the office. By the time I get to the gym, 9.30, 10 o'clock at night, I'm exhausted. So what do I do? Take a high stim pre-workout. Bingo. Right? So at least thing. I can get my workout in, right? I get my workout in. I'm done by 11.30 midnight. Go home, have my post-workout meal try to get to sleep can't fucking sleep of course not because i've exercised i've exercised intensely so my metabolism's elevated i've had a shit ton of stimulants so two hours jacked. before so my cortisol's jacked yep you've right? had, you've had cortisol i just had a big meal so you know i got to the point man where i would sleep if i was lucky 2 30 3 o'clock in the morning i'd be up you know if <laughs> I would, i'd be up at seven Right. So I'm sleeping four and a half, five hours a night. Right. I wake up. What do I do when I wake up? I'm fucking exhausted because I've only slept four and a half, five hours. And it's been shit sleep. It hasn't been REM sleep. Right. It's been really light sleep. So I get up first thing straight to the sup pantry, grab myself some stims. Yep. Get my day started. And it's just this vicious cycle. And I got to the point where I was like, man, you know, for me, uh, it was really kind of related to, to to my competing goals as a men's physique athlete. I'm like, man, I'm a fucking IFBB pro now. If I want to take my physique to the level where it's going to qualify me to compete on the Olympia stage, this is not congruent with that goal. No, nope. you know, my I, I this is not going to work, right? I'm going to hit this glass ceiling with my physique. It's not going to. I'm not no. going to progress. So I got to the point where I was like, nah, I got to change this shit. And so I did, mm. you know, so 18, about 18 months ago, 
I completely flipped it. Now I train first thing in the morning, get up yep. at 4.30, have my pre-workout meal at the gym, 5.30, get my workout in first thing in the morning. At the moment, I'm not using any stimulants. So I'm training stim-free completely. What an impressive change of time. Look at this change Completely of time, flipped. And, you know, just to add, to add some, some uh, real-world evidence to what you're saying, my physique has progressed more in the last 18 months than it probably has in the last five years, just from a physique Massively. perspective. I feel better during the day. I'm more productive at work. I'm able to do better work in my business. Like, literally, my life has completely leveled up just by making that change from training late at night to training first thing in the morning. And it's something that people, I guess, will become resistant of at first, but it's like, that's probably one of the big life Oh, hacks. man, it was fucking horrible at the <laughs> it's start. It's disgusting the first few weeks. <laughs> I you. It's so it bad. It was bad. It I was is. like, oh, man, no, nah, nah, you just want to stay in bed. Don't want to go. And the biggest thing for me when I first started, Will, was elevating my heart rate that early in the day because I just wasn't used to it. You know, yeah, if I did yep. any exercise in the morning, it was low intensity, steady state cardio. So getting to like, you know, 160, 170 with my heart rate on like a leg day, first thing in the morning was disgusting. Yeah. yeah. I, like, I felt like I was going to, like my heart was going to jump out my chest <laughs> was you know? after a decade of doing it the other way around. Yeah, man. Yeah, but yeah. what a, what an impactful, like of all the life hacks, because obviously there's in the supplemental game, obviously we've got, we've got that covered, you know, yeah. I formulate things to help in that respect. But in, in terms of lifestyle hacks that make the biggest change mm. to so many hormones, 30% of your testosterone production is around that, is in that first block of REM sleep, you know, no, growth hormone production as well, yeah. massive pulse around bed you know, in that. And it only responds to REM sleep and melatonin output. Um, so, you know, you have so much of your, you know, sort of hormonal um, optimizing hinges on you sleeping well. Mm -hmm. and, like to look, and put that in numbers, you know, Dr. Bill Campbell did some great work in this space as well, studying athletes in, and I guess the impacts that these things have on people. They found that the difference between uh, six hours sleep a night versus eight hours sleep was 55% less fat loss. They also lost 60% more muscle. Wow. So if you look at it, like if you apply that to long term, people are chronically doing this, and it, it, it's it's remarkable. This, this was, mm. and that's only two hours sleep. They also found hormonally, they found getting eight hours instead of six. That two hours sleep was the hormonal equivalent of putting guys on HRT. Yeah, remarkably potent for testosterone. So a life hack straight away. Let's look at your sleep, and not mm. just in order to how long you're in bed. Let's look at the quality of it. Let's look at if you, if you haven't got you know if you've got a smartwatch or got any sort of device. Let's look at the data. Yeah. Where's your REM? How's it going? Gold standard, twenty to twenty five percent of your sleep should be REM. So let's actually start tracking that. And then mm. you know, and that's that's the big thing I do. We shift people from you know more evenings because we would, we evolved to be doing you know to be active in the mornings. We were meant to get up, go out, hunt, gather. And do that at the start of the day. Yeah. Evening was always never meant to have stimulus present. It was mm. never, you know. So it, it's it, when you start sh shifting things. Like I had a, a friend of mine that I helped him with, with this diet on. He, he was on the same calorie intake, changed nothing, changed no macros. Literally, all he did was went from PM to AM training. Mm -hmm. now, he, he was losing about a quarter of a kilo a week. Good, steady, consistent loss, but you know, about about a quarter kilo a week. Recovery was lousy, and he was you know broken sleep and just feeling garbage because he was stimming up at night after mm. a big day at work. Flipped into morning training. I said, look, man, just do it. I said, I know you're going to bitch about it, but just do it for me one day. Just give it a try. He's, to his credit, stuck it through a week. He lost 3.8 kilos in the first week yeah, instead wow. of a quarter of a kilo a week previously. No different macros, nothing. Mm. So that's when I went, holy shit, hormones are the thing that people should be looking at. And now, yeah. now when people are, I always have a bit of unusual answers to people when they're asking for muscle building tips or fat loss. It's mm. not, we have so many things in our society that ramp us up. We're always more stims, more work, go harder, faster. And it's it's been glorified now to, you know, to, to work harder and longer. And, you know, I guess it gets you places, but- a lot of the time, the answer when you're trying to get body composition changes to give your body in that 
parasympathetic state where it wants to rest and digest and rebuild and mm-hmm. recover to these anabolic things, it has to, you have to give it time. You have to put a lot of, you know, pump it on the brakes, mm-hmm. drive that sleep quality, cut stims out in the evening. And, and now, like, stimulants have a half, you know, half life of four to five hours. It takes eight to 10 hours to eliminate them. Yeah. So, you know, you're having caffeine at 1 p.m., that's only gone at 11 o'clock that night. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so a, lot of, a lot of the time when we're looking at stimulants as well, pay respect to how long they last and, and you know, cut those out a lot earlier in your day than you might have historically. Yeah. You know, like a lot of people are fighting that same cycle you had. Mm-hmm. You know, they're sleeping crappy, so they're feeling they're dragging ass throughout the day, more and more stimulants, which means more and more cortisol, which means worse and worse sleep. It's a vicious cycle. It is, mate. It yeah. perpetuates. And all, yeah. them, all them working cycles, right? Like yeah. you say, your cortisol is self-perpetuating. Slow thyroid function is self-perpetuating. If, mm-hmm. you, have a, if you have a, you know, higher stress also drives down testosterone. Low testosterone is associated with having a, a you know, worse androgen ratio, so your, your estrogen to, to, to testosterone ratio is impaired. Mm-hmm. Higher estrogen is loaded to more cortisol. Stress lowers test, boosts estrogen. Higher estrogen boosts cortisol. Yeah, around and around it goes. You know, and same with you know thyroid function. The higher estrogen then slows down your metabolism. Lower thyroid function is usually typical. You know, associated with again more cortisol. So we end up with a big old loop. So these mm-hmm. loops that were meant to keep us in perfect harmony, when we disrupt them by doing things in our lifestyle that we you know, are sort of against our programming, mm-hmm. it, it really puts it makes it nearly impossible for you to really achieve your health and fitness goals because you're really fighting against them. So like when I made a fat burner in the first place, it was always everyone else is jamming in as many stimulants as they can. They're going, oh, let's 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 go the thermogenic pathway. Let's really yeah. stimulate the shit out of your CNS. Really get your central service system, you know, moving and and burn more calories that way. And I'm there. I'm like, but but as soon as you check that cortisol up, that drives down your thyroid production. That you know that really drive, that that binds up reverse T3. We're going at this the wrong way. That mm-hmm. that that looking at it from a different lens. Well, but the thyroid's eighty percent of your calorie burn. Why is no one helping that? Why has no one got iodine and commonly deficient nutrients? Why is yeah. why is everyone looking at you know ramping up an already ramped up population of people? You know, a lot of people are using fat burners. We're probably active. We're probably training. We're probably doing cardio. These they're already the type of people personality type that are already really running hard at life mm-hmm. usually. You know, if you if you care about your health and fitness, usually the type of person who's you know a pretty motivated, pretty driven type people, you're probably already having a red hot crack in your in your personal life and work life. So to throw in more stimulants on top and more and more gas on the pedal, mm-hmm. it's the opposite equation. Your hormones are just screaming. You know, like they can't. They haven't got a, a chance to catch their breath. You know, and mm. and as a result, you see people with the crappy sleep quality and the foggy headedness and and holding stubborn body fat around the lower you know around lower stomach and lower back and not able to recover or build muscle mass. And you see all this sort of stuff where they, they just completely contradicts their goals, but they're not. They're not aware of it until you really go stop and look, you know? It's one of those things, man, that is going to resonate with a, a lot of the listeners and a lot of the viewers because uh, a lot of people who tune into the show are high achievers, mm-hmm. right? Trying to level, like this is the podcast to provide you with the strategic and practical advice to help you level up, it right? Is. That's why you guys are listening to the show. And I think that it's very easy to fall into the trap of, how do I get to the next level, right? In fitness, business, relationships, career, whatever the fuck it is, I just work harder. Do more. Right? How do I get to the level after that? Work harder. How do I get to the level after that? Work harder. And that gets you, it, it, don't get it twisted, that gets you to certain levels. It does. But eventually, you're going to hit a glass ceiling. Something breaks. Because mm. you can't just keep hammering, 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 and hammering and expect to complete, not just even level up, but level up at the same speed at which yep. that work ethic got you to, right? You're going to start whacking your head against this glass ceiling, just like I did with my training at night. I was like, I need to get my physique to the next level. Well, it's not just about working harder now. Yep. It's Smart. about stepping back and going, okay, what can I do that 
perhaps is a little bit counterintuitive, right? That isn't necessarily on the on the uh, the stair- staircase of working harder, 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 harder. It doesn't necessarily look like that. But perhaps I'm on the wrong staircase. Mm. Maybe I need to go on this staircase now. So looking at it because if, if you know, looking def- at it completely differently, definition right? of insanity, right? You've done it for a decade. Why do it again? Yeah, but you, yeah. you want to make big changes, and yeah. like we and we all do it a lot of the times with the jobs we don't like, yeah. with, you know, or you know, with, with any with any particular parts in our in our uh, routine. Like, oh, I'm gonna do the same thing on loop, and yeah, it'll mm. it'll get the, you know, I'll be drastically different in six months' time. Well, no, because the habits that got you here, like whenever someone asks, like when people are looking to build muscle or burn fat, it's become the person who's more muscular. Mm-hmm. What do their habits look like? What do the habits of a lean person look like? That, that's what I've had to change lately because I've, I guess, I get bogged down the minutia of looking at you know. Uh, nutrient timing or hormonal influences, and I and I like to really you know go deep in these places. But a lot of the time, I, I forget the uh, the bigger picture. I'm going, I'm doing the same thing I've always done. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm cha- you know, I, I'm really not changing the same sort of you know formula is there. So yeah. I guess a lot of a lot of the time, it is flipping it on its head um, and looking for looking for that. And what you need to do, a lot of times, you have to change up what you're doing. Mm-hmm. If you're training at night and you've always done it, mm-hmm. and you're getting and you're getting what you think are half decent results, try in the morning. So you go do it for two, three weeks, and I guarantee you, you'll see a scale shift because you're working with your body's cortisol output. You're working in the right pattern. You know, you, you, you're geared that way, and you're working with it. As soon as you start fighting it, your body starts, you know, telling you pretty rudely, and, and you see it with less results, less muscle gain, less fat, you know, less mm-hmm. fat loss, and mm-hmm. you know, so. When it, yeah, that's why I started formulating that space because it's such a dramatic impact when you start changing yeah. around these and working with the hormones instead of against them. Yeah, it's- 100%. I just want to disclaim real quick because I, I, I don't want the listeners and the viewers to get the message mm. a little bit convoluted, right? It's not, you know, often people say, you know, work smarter, don't work harder, you know, or work harder, don't work smarter as if the two things are like mutually exclusive. What I'm saying, guys, is work as hard as you possibly can right? And continue to work harder and harder and harder. Yep. But when you get to the point where the incremental increase in the hard work is not getting you the outputs that you're expecting to get, or not getting you the same sort of outputs that you were getting with those previous incremental increases, it's also time to start working smarter as well. You can yep. do both at the same time. Yep. So work hard, but then work smart as well. And, and you- sometimes that working smart is just getting out of the the, the square that you're in, getting out of the box that you're in, stepping outside and going, okay, what changes can I make here that are, that are going to allow me to do things a little bit differently and allow me to just really smash through this glass ceiling? It is. So, well, to, to finish off, I just want a real practical, right? Yep. Top three tips to optimize these hormones that we're talking about, thyroid, yep. cortisol, testosterone, estrogen. What would your top three tips be? Sleep. Is almost all three, but this uh, <laughs> is literally worthy of all three. Yep. Driving sleep quality. So first, okay. first chip, track it because you can't change what you don't know. Mm-hmm. So my fir- my first thing is it's not is is to look at sleep and start start having an idea of what it's looking like for you. Um, so ne- next thing is try and work best, to the best of your ability. Some, mm-hmm. Sometimes there are people who can't do these sort of things, but let, shift things around to start making the brunt of your work in the first half of the day. Ideally, that's a big one. So we're yep. going to look at our sleep. We're going to make sure that's. We're going to start tracking it and go. Okay, cool. Like I mentioned earlier, 20 to 25% of your sleep should be REM sleep. So idea, we're going to track it. We're going to get an idea of what's happening. We want to make, if it's not gold standard sleep, then we're going to look at that, either supplement it or start looking at the lifestyle hacks around that time. Yeah. That's the big driver. Mm-hmm. Um, next thing is shifting activity in our day around to be more in line with what we're doing. So like you do with the morning training, mm-hmm. that's a huge change. And it's something that's quite simple really, but it means that we're working with our body's natural sort of circadian rhythms, not against it. Yep. So that's a that's a really big shifter that does a huge profound impact on the other hormones, right? Mm-hmm. 
And then finally, focusing on the micro side of things more so than so. You know, with a lot of people, I I've often find that so many more people respond amazingly when you throw them on a super greens or a multivitamin, or you know, than they do when they're when they're tweaking nutrient timing with macros. Fo- yeah. Focus on the on the the little details. Those micros are big. So look at micros as well as your macros. They're they're, they're the ones. So nutritionally, really look at nutrient density. Okay, it's not just you know chicken, rice, nothing for every yeah. meal. You wonder why you feel like shit after a while, you know? Yep. Look at look at these things. They, they, they pay dividends when you get to, and you've been doing it for as long as, you know, been doing it for a decade, you'll, mm. you you see it in longevity. So in terms of what your yeah, hormonal function and overall running better, micros, not just macros, mm-hmm. it would be actually you know, putting all of our athletic output and most of our hard work in the first half of the day, big one, and then sleep. We need to make sure we're getting 20 to 25% of its REM sleep. If it's not, either supplement or start looking at your sleep hygiene at nighttime, cutting out all your blue light, cutting out as much light exposure as you can, mm-hmm. no stimulants after we 1, 2 p.m., really making that second half of the day all about more rest and digest in the evening, yeah. the, best, the most you can with your lifestyle. Absolutely. They're the three big levers. And if there's one supplement, little shameless plug coming up, yeah. but, you know, we, 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 I mean, this is what you do for a living, right? So I, I need to ask you this question. If there's one supplement that the listeners and the viewers can consider taking that's going to help everything that we've just spoken about from a hormonal perspective, optimizing hormones to, to help them level up in all areas of life, what's the supplement and why? Look, it's going to be metabolized, funnily enough, because mm-hmm. I because it works on all three sure. thyroid side of things. So when I said micros, not macros, I, I thought it, I, I thought you were going to say restore I there was. for a second. I know I was. Yeah, and flipped I, 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 last torn, I flipped it on you because yeah, okay. restore, restore is one that I've I've had universally helpful for everyone. I have yeah. people using that in every walk of life. And, and rest- restore, the- restore is your adrenal support supplement. It is right? adrenal support, cortisol regulator. That sort of thing. Yeah, and yeah. it's built for this. It's built yeah. to help with all those impacts that stresses have on our bodies. And yeah. it's, it's by all means, it's the it's the big lever mover when people are trying to. If we go, if any of those symptoms were sounding familiar before, with mm. the tired but wide and the crappy mm. sleep quality and everything, if any of that's sounding familiar, Restore is one hundred percent beneficial. Where I, where I see metabolizers having a perk is that I see that a lot of people with the nutrient side of things. Yeah. All right. So a lot of people are deficient in very common nutrients that are very important for your body to function. Magnesium. Seventy odd percent of people are deficient in magnesium. Uh, iodine in Australia, we're very old. Back to the geology background, we have very old nutrient, like poor soils, mm-hmm. um, because we're tectonically very stable. So, like what what you know, what you'd rather have in there is have the actual key nutrients that you need. So, iodine, selenium, zinc, methyl B twelve, methylated B vitamins. Mm-hmm. These are things that you those key nutrients are what pretty much your entire HPT axis runs on. A lot of your hormones depend on those as cofactors for production. Yeah. So the Restore, a thousand percent. And if anyone take, has a take home at all, just using Restore before bed mm-hmm. will will drive that sleep quality, help with all that growth hormone production, testosterone production, optimizing heaps of stuff. I did a flip. I did a bit of a flip though on it with Metabolize, just mm-hmm. because I think that equally important lately, getting people thinking in that mindset of, hey, what am I actually taking in a day to help my body do these things? I'm asking for it. Yeah. I'm training at a high. You know, a lot of our listeners are high octane people. They're driven. They're A type personalities. They're mm-hmm. really having a go at life. So, what are you doing to your body? Are you putting premium in, or are you putting E10 in mm-hmm. each day? You know, let's let's give it the resources to do what you're asking of it. You know, and that's where that comes in. And, and I guess a lot of those are very thyroid focused nutrients. And a lot of people, when we're stressed. We have we're we're impairing our you know, our metabolism isn't working optimally. So mm. I guess as a default, it's very much a thyroid support product. But those nutrients are really crucial too. So if you've got one thing that covers your thyroid, covers adrenal, and also micronutrient status, that's an all-in-one sort of guy. So yeah, funnily enough, restore all day long. But metab, I, I really love as a bit of a the underdog that will help with like just the whole picture. So there you go. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, man. 
Pleasure. It's been an awesome chat. We've uh, we've covered a whole lot of ground. I always love um, geeking out on supplements. And <laughs> I don't get to do it too often, right? So it's <laughs> it's it's good, and I know the listeners enjoy that as well. Uh, you know, mo- most uh, people who subscribe to the show have come through massive Joes at some point, so they're they're you know usually big uh, big supplement geeks to a sure. certain level as well. Man, guys, you know. The one thing that we ask in return for this show, if you have found value in this episode, in this episode, and I'm sure that you have because we've covered so much ground, uh, you know, from from business to career to starting business to continued success in business to hormone supplementation, lifestyle hacks, <laughs> everything. Work ethic, we've done it all. If we- you guys have found value in this episode, the one thing that we ask in return is that you share the show. The uh, You can share it any way you want, person to person. You can um, open up your window and scream it at your neighbors. Uh, the one way that, that we uh, really appreciate because we get to see it as well is if you take a screenshot of whatever podcasting platform you're listening on at the moment, take that screenshot, post it in your Instagram story, and tag, tag myself at Joseph Menzel. Tag Will. What's your handle, Will? Uh, Will underscore Primer. Yeah. Or at, or at Primabolics. Either way, we'll be sharing this content because it's a good, it's a really nice platform to be able to get some more. Hopefully, put a, got a, a lot of value out today. Absolutely. With a lot of those lifestyle hacks too. Absolutely. So at Will underscore Primer and at Primabolics at Joseph Mansell, throw those tags down in your Instagram story. Will and myself will see them and uh, and we like to reshare those uh, those shares to spread the love around. Everyone likes yeah. a little cosign, so, Dude, uh, so that's pretty cool. Will, thank you so much once again. Thank you guys for tuning in. You could have been anywhere in the world right now, but you're here with us. We appreciate that. Until next time, we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Fitness Times Business Podcast. Be sure to subscribe. And if you enjoyed listening to this episode, make sure you give us a five-star rating. Until next time, we'll catch you on the flip side.